to the show with your friend and mine. So tell me, Dr. Squee, who's it gonna be this time? We like to hear you talk, and we love to hear you listen. And if you are not subscribed, you won't know what you're missing. So welcome to the Dr. Squee Show. Welcome to the Dr. Squee Show. This is Kevin McNally, and this is SW20 Radio, the new sound of South Wales. Hello and welcome to the Dr. Squee Show. I'm Dr. Squee, and this, of course, is my show. Welcome to it. I hope you've had a wonderful Christmas. Uh, We had a bit of a mixed bag here in the Dr. Squee household. Unfortunately, uh, my dear lady, Nicola, uh, has been brought down by a cold. Uh, My son-in-law came down with covid on christmas day which meant he was there not only with obviously uh, my daughter but also uh, with my son there as well so couldn't see any of those over the festive period um so we're kind of planning a bit of a, a christmas in february but you know what when life gives you lemon you try and make something approximating lemonade which is what we're trying to do and we're trying to just have a good time hanging out and uh, just watching some movies me and nicola uh, our stepdaughter Danielle, or my stepdaughter, her daughter, has just popped off uh, with her boyfriend. So, uh, you know, we're, we're just trying to enjoy the festive period as best we can, given these obstacles. Hope yours went a bit smoother than ours. Uh, but we're going to be uh, playing a bit of festive liars today. So instead of having an interview, uh, if you listened a few weeks ago, you will be familiar with this format. But basically, it's uh, three players, and we all compete to tell fantastic Stories about our misadventures over the years, uh, which of course are completely true. And then uh, the other players buzz in to add little facts to our facts. So uh, little extra bits of the story that we add as we go along. If you don't get it, don't worry, you will when we start playing. That's going to be the mainstay of the Duck Squee Show this week. Uh, Unfortunately, it is a pre-record, so we aren't able to take in your musical choices this week. But we will be back with a new musical theme next week. Uh, So for this week, please enjoy the Dr. Squee Show. Uh, We're going to kick things off. Let's play the new one by the Matt Lees Band. And this is Grow Old With Me. You're listening to SW20 Radio, the new sound of South Wales. Flashback to the 90s, yeah, I got a few less pounds and a lot more hair. I got a lot to say to anyone who listened. Plenty to say to anyone who listened. Thought I would be like Jughead or Archie Turns out I'm more like Mr. Miyagi And I don't know what happened here I'm looking in the mirror Who's that in the mirror? And I don't wanna say that it's all downhill for me My back is aching and I'm struggling to hear I hope for the best to age gracefully But I'll be okay if you grew out with me Gigs more than twice a week And now when I play a gig My ears are ringing for weeks 
Cause there goes my reputation All my favorite songs are on the oldest station And I don't know what that rock is I'm looking in the mirror Who's that in the mirror? And I don't wanna say that it's all downhill from here My back is aching and I'm struggling to hear I hope it's the best to age gracefully But I'll be okay if you go out with me That was the Bare Naked Ladies, uh, the first single from their album Detour de Force, which was released earlier in this year, and that was Flip. And before that, you enjoyed the Matley's band and the new single, the amazing new single, Grow Old With Me. Uh, man, that's amazing. And what a, a fantastic Canadian double bill to open up the show with. Oh, Canadian, Canadian, Welsh. Look, we'll, we'll, we'll pass Lizzie off as a Canadian because, you know, as we know, the one thing we do know about Lizzie is he will flip his nationality to suit any conversation and we love him for it. In a moment, we're going to go over to the Festive Liars, a, a seasonal edition of Outrageous Liars, the game where people compete to tell, of course, very real stories about their life. Uh, but before that, we're going to play just one more track. Uh, we thought just like playing the Outrageous Lies just seemed perfect for this show because we're going into New Year's. We're in that break between Christmas and New Year's. It seems sort of perfect to play a kind of parlor game. So uh, that's why we chose that for this week. 
But in the meantime, let's hear a track uh, from one of our themes over the last year, uh, seeing as I did join uh, SW20 Radio just this year, and it's been an amazing ride. So we're going to go into one of the tracks which I played on the first show on SW20 Radio. We did a Welsh theme, and this is the Manic Street Preacher's Everything Must Go. You're listening to SW20 Radio, the new sound of South Wales. Now, uh, you've just heard some music. Look, uh, I'm not going to lie. We're pre-recording here. I don't know what's going on in the present day world. Uh, it's it's between Christmas and New Year this week as this show's going out. So, you know, anything could be happening. But let's introduce our festive liars. So if you're not familiar with the game Outrageous Liars, you're going to become a custom as uh, our host tonight is going to introduce you to this wonderful game. But let's introduce the guest first, then I'll introduce your host for tonight. Are you so, sure you know which is which? Because <laughs> the pre-show wasn't very uh, reassuring on that front. I have no idea who I am, so it's fine. That's for the best. I'm not sure I, either. I'm sorry, what can I say? You middle-aged, uh, plump white guys all look the same to me. I, I don't know which one I am. So you think I'm a middle-aged, plump white guy? So, is that what we're assuming? <laughs> what's that, fella? <laughs> oh, I don't know who knows. <laughs> I mean, you haven't been introduced yet. This is the level of professionalism I've come to expect here. That's all I'm saying. So um, let's let's start off with the the lady to my left, my lady, my woman. Uh, she is, of course, um, quite a regular co-host here on the Doctor Squee Show. <laughs> Who's she sleeping with to get that job? Please welcome Nicola Gosling. Not you. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I did wonder who was booking you. <laughs> <laughs> and they're paying much better than you do. Yeah, true, true, mm. true. Um, and I'm still, you still do owe me for a couple of, anyway, like, that's not the point. I don't think we're needed here, Ed. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go and get a cup of tea, it's fine. Yes. <laughs> and my next guest is a podcaster, a musician, a writer, an actor. He does all these wonderful things. And his movie, his independent movie, which stars his daughters, and also Colin Baker, A Dozen Summers, mm. can now be found on Netflix. Wow, Colin Baker, who'd he sleep with to get him involved? Oh, sorry, sorry, I've just seen in my notes it was Colin. Okay, please welcome to the Doug the Squee Show and Festive Flyers, Kenton Hall. Yay. Hello. I was wondering who it was gonna be. It sounded it sounded familiar, but you know, I I don't sleep an enormous amount, so it's possible somebody else did all those things. And there may have been some drugs involved along the way. <laughs> well, per, purely uh least licensed pharmaceuticals these days, but enormous amount of chemicals worrying through the brain it's just my doctor gives them to me now <laughs> just feels like the words these days are doing a lot of heavy lifting in that sentence i was a musician professional musician for a long time <laughs> there's no cool. story i will tell tonight that is any more outrageous than things that actually happened <laughs> let's just put it that way everything that course. happens in in outrageous liars of course is 100 percent true well exactly obviously guarantee that and those dulcet tones you've just heard there are our host tonight. And uh, not only does he host Outrageous Liars, but he also works for Starburst Magazine, uh, the geek-filled, wonderful magazine, uh, which has gone through online physical copies. Wow, who do you have to sleep with to get that gig? Oh, sorry, no one. Please welcome to the Doctor Squee Show and Festive Liars, your host for tonight, 
Ed Fortune! Hello, everyone. Okay, so let's get on with the actual show. Outrageous Liars is a a panel game um, where I gather some very fine people who have had some fantastic and amazing adventures. Now, you may or may not have heard these fantastic adventures before. You probably haven't. But these people are known for their absolute dedication to the truth. Um, so I'm going to be asking questions. They are rules. Uh, what I'm going to do is, as a as an entertainment for the listeners, see if you can figure out what they are. We use a very advanced marking system, uh, and I will obviously be using state-of-the-art art mathematics and a special laser device in, in order to keep a score. And he who tells, or he or she who tells the, the best uh, truth, of course wins because as we know truth can be rated on a scoring mechanism um, um ed just just one quick question when you say about the laser device what, what are these collars we're wearing tonight just just curious they're they're entirely fashion collars um they're just for co- they're just for fashion uh the fact that they tick slightly and contain nitroglycerin should not be an alarm the nitroglycerin is merely there as an aperitif okay okay so is, is it a problem that i thought it was a belt I mean, checking. Not really. I mean, I've had my children, so it's fine. Kenton, I don't think the belt goes there. (sighs) Lucky this is on audio. It's a perfectly, perfectly cromulent place to store it. Oh, thank you for saying cromulent. Oh, my God. You're my bestest friend now. (laughs) I refer to just about everything as perfectly cromulent these days. So, um, I think we're going to just go around and tell some fantastic tales. And uh, I think we'll start with the lovely Dr. Scree. So, um, oh, before we start, however, uh, could you all uh, present to me the sounds of your buzzers, Dr. Scree? Mine goes this. Nicola? My stick goes like this. Canton? And... um, when you have the last 30 seconds, you will hear this. Oh, I love him. And a special guest. By the way, uh, Nicola isn't just declaring her love for Ed Fortune. I no, should I say that this is... Um, no, I'm declaring we- my love for Ed. Why would you take that away from him? <laughs> <laughs> You're a cruel, cruel man. Oh, oh, I don't sorry. want to play anymore. <laughs> I've also invited a special guest, of course, uh, Superstar Sweep from the Sudi and Sweep show. Oh, um, wow, we we did ask um, Sudi to oh. appear on the show, but uh, he didn't say anything, so we left it. And when your round is over and the story needs to be concluded, you will hear this. Okay, so, uh, Dr. Squee, could you please tell me about the time that you worked as the Tooth Fairy? Oh, yes, of course. Uh, now, I was often obsessed as a child with the Tooth Fairy. I was a big fan. I would dress up as a tutu, and anyone said that I was wearing that for other reasons is a damn liar. That's all I'm going to say. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I'm struggling to picture someone dressing up as a tutu. I would like to hear more about how this was accomplished specifically. Sorry, as, as a tutu. Um, I mean, if I did say that, I thought I said in the tutu, but, no, but we'll go with the fact that I said as a tutu because it's probably right. Um, is it just so any yeah. tutu? Is it specifically Desmond tutu or? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I worked my way through the tutus, Desmond tutu um, as the one I'd heard of. And then there were others, we'll say. Uh, but I dressed as Desmond tutu whilst wearing a tutu. It was a whole tutu on tutu thing. So two tutus. And 
Sorry, Ed, can I just ask him to name other tutus, please? Because I'd like to know more about the other tutus. He is being very deliberately vague about the tutus. He has. I'd like him to name and shame some tutus, please. Yes, Dr. Squee, I seem to understand that you, in fact, hosted an international conference regarding uh, the differences between tutus. Please uh, share your expertise. Oh, I, I see Ed rubbing some sauce on the, on the, uh, the truth tonight. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, of course, there was Desmond Tutu, and as I say, I was, I was wearing the tutu. Um, there was his brother, Derek Tutu, uh, his cousin, Willie Tutu. Um, there was his, uh, his, uh, his cousin from the other side of the family, that was 3322. Uh, there, there was a whole host of tutus I dressed up as uh, in hopes that these impressive outfits would tempt the tooth fairy to come in and and like i I thought the tooth just wasn't enough of a draw i'd I'd give them something extra to show that not only was i worthy of the 50p under my pillow but also to maybe join the team and uh i put this little kind of like basically i i was really into mousetrap at the time so i set up uh, the game uh like the trap so it would catch the tooth fairy and lo and behold one night i put put the tooth under the pillow and indeed, I caught one of the tooth fairies. Uh, it was actually Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Just, I'm just before you go any further. I don't want you to incriminate yourself too much because what you appear to be describing is some sort of extortion and kidnap ring, um, in the hopes of basically taking a night worker's job. Um, and I think I don't, I don't know if you really want to go any further than this without consulting legal aid. Please, Dr. Squee, tell us more about the sinister conspiracy providing, uh, surrounding the tooth fairy. I mean, of course, when you say it like that, it sounds like a bad thing, kidnapping and extortion. I mean, uh, for me, as I, as I was just about to say, it was Dwayne The Rock Johnson I caught. He just got the job himself. So I don't think really he's one to talk about someone trying to muscle in on the tooth fairy game. Uh, it was kind of it was a deleted scene in the movie they later made of it. Uh, yeah, it didn't feature. I thought I was actually quite hurt that I got cut out of it. Um, but Dwayne did say it when I kind of released him from Mass Travel Games, "Fair games, you caught me. Like here's your fifty p for your tooth. Here's your training outfit." He gave me another tutu, which seemed confusing, seeing as I was already wearing one. And he said, "Right, okay, we'll start you off working um, on the dogs to begin with, because apparently that's." the way you train as a tooth fairy you start by getting the dog's teeth before you work up to humans uh so i'm going out i'm grabbing these dog's teeth uh a few of the neighborhood rottweilers didn't appreciate this i'm just saying 30 seconds left oh sorry um and so uh you know uh, a few lacerations later and i get bumped up to full tooth fairy i was still dressed as 3322 at the time and uh i kind of Sorry, Ed, I, I just want to ask, there has been some rumours about uh, this tutu that 322 wears, and I just want him to describe the actual outfit I hear. It's a bit sort of S&M. Please, please expand. Well, I couldn't expand. That was the point. When you're wearing 33s, tutus, expanding is the furthest thing from your mind. If you eat a biscuit wrong, I mean, this thing will just, just oh, you don't want to know what it'll do to the body. Um, this this um, biscuit, was it a dog's biscuit from one of the dogs you were abusing? Abusing is such a harsh word. The teeth were falling out. I wasn't like, you know. He actually incriminated yourself earlier because you did say there was laceration. So if they were falling out, why are these dogs attacking you? You know, you get a uh, an elderly Rottweiler whose teeth are falling out. They're not going to be happy about it. That's all I'm saying. I mean, is, is this a truth-telling exercise or is this an interrogation is what I want and to know. The, 
Uh, and uh, you scored an extra point for continuing to defend yourself against the accusations as the... Um, and, the and of course, everything punk. I said is the absolute truth. Thank you Can you make much. a citizen's arrest on podcasts? Is that is that the thing that's allowed? You have to make yes, a you can, but this is a radio show. You have to make a podcast about making a citizen's arrest to make the citizen's arrest. That's how it works. It's kind of like a... And if you want the citizen's arrest, a podcast about making citizen's arrests, then that gets really complicated. <laughs> As I understand it. Though I, I mean, my fellow tooth fairies can judge me. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> moving, moving <laughs> as quickly on, as quickly as we can, and away from Battersea Dogs Home. Um, <laughs> I have, Step away from my dogs. I, I have a, a, a question for uh, Nicola. Um, oh. Nicola, could you please tell the, the assembled um, adventurers here about... Remind us about the time that you stole the hearts of the nation. Right. Okay. So I can tell you about that. So me and my dog, Benny, we were chilling out as we do every evening. And every evening he says to me, mummy, what are we going to do tomorrow? And every day I say, we're going to do the same thing as we do every day, Benny. We're going to go around and steal the hearts of the nation. So everybody kind of thinks the hearts of the nations, we've done something wonderful we're doing all good things and all kind things and we're loved by the nation. But what we've actually decided to do is we've actually decided to physically take the hearts out of people. So we thought this would be a great idea because there's so many sad people. And we thought if we just rip everyone's heart out, there'd be no more sadness. Dr. Squee. Well, I mean, I'm looking forward to hearing about her and Benny stealing the hearts of the nation. I'm just wondering what the pile of livers in our living room was about. Uh, yes, please talk about the, the, the your abominable collection. Yeah, so I can actually expand on that because what it was, at the time of me and Benny having this little chill-out chat, we were actually watching Burke and Hare. So I don't know if you remember that film at all. Um, so we were watching Burke and Hare, and then we thought, well, actually, do you know what? Money's a bit tight. We've got to get all these hearts. And it's been time and a bit. No, 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 no. Like, I can overlook the rank hypocrisy of attacking Dr. Squee for his tooth fairy abusing dog tooth ripping enterprises. But you and your talking Allegedly. dog. Allegedly. You and your talking dog going off and stealing the hearts of the nations. That's fine. But you want us to believe that you're telling the truth. And you said that you're watching the film Burke and Hare when everyone knows no one saw the film Burke and Hare. <laughs> now explain yourself. <laughs> I was probably the only person that did watch it. Then. <laughs> but, you know, it gave us tips. We thought it was a documentary at the time. And uh, that's hence why we've got all our livers and hearts. And that's why we've got to stock them. I took it to Dragon's Den. I took it on there. I asked them. I said, give me some money. And they didn't see it was appropriate. They said livers was a bit too far. The hearts are fine because they like ripping out people's hearts and stamping on them on, on Dragon's Den with their dreams. So what we and Benny did, we left by taking out all the hearts of the dragon's den. And then that's what we've done. We collect them. We, Dr. Squee. Well, you, you mentioned about watching Burke and Hare, but uh, you didn't mention about how you optioned the movie rights to Benny and Nicola. Yeah, it's talk, talk to us about your current deal with Netflix. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So they come to us and on the back of the success of Tiger King, they just said, uh, we, we want something new. We want something original. We've heard about your heart stealing. I mean, I'm a heart stealer, obviously, you know, in all sorts of ways. And um, yeah, they asked us about that. I spoke to Benny. He was up for it. He's, you know, feeling the money vibe of Netflix. And uh, that's what we've done. And we've got a two season uh, Dr. starter. It's not a question per se, but I do understand Netflix will take anything. Hey, Kenton. 
That's true. To Nicola. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Kenton, obviously, you're always welcome. You're always welcome. And actually, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about expanding maybe internal heart stealing, maybe for people uh, not so far away. I'm sure Benny free up for that if anyone wants to join. Uh, this, is, this is opposed. To, this has all, all been external heart stealing up into this point. It you know, has, only it moving has. into the internal area now. Yeah, because I had to sort of Ian, it looks normal if we're a normal family. If we're normal, everyday life, nobody really thinks it's us. And then me and Benny go out of an evening. We get like black top hat on, black cloak, bag, and off we go. And we steal the hearts. Dr. Scree. And as I understand it, you've recently expanded to include our other dogs, Dottie and Willow, in the Enterprise. Right. Yeah. So Dottie is Mar Baker. She's got her little berry on. She's got her pearls. She runs a racket. So she's been on it, in on it all along. She just thinks she's your little girl and don't realize. Willow joined us a couple of months ago. She's eight months old. So she's kind of a little girl in training. So Mar Baker's taken her to the extortion racket. So what we're doing, we're going around shops. We're threatening people because obviously they don't want to lose their hearts. Well, that's their shops over. So we're taking money off them and we're going to, yeah, and that's what we do. We run a little racket here and it's quite good. You know, you could. And that was all true, Ed. Uh, Perfect truth. Sounds absolutely and 100% true to me. And um, finally, uh, for the, the continuing with round one, as we uh, call it on this show, because why wouldn't we? We tried calling it like round pie, but it confused people, and also we got hungry. Kenton. Yes. Uh, would you like to tell us an amazing tale, please, which is always 100% true? Please tell us about the time that you became the fifth Beatle. Oh, well, I mean, it's rather a simplistic way of putting it, because it's not like you can jump straight to the fifth Beatle. Um, you have to start something like the 113th Beatle and work your way up. So there's a lot of hard graft in it. Um, I think people think, oh, fifth Beatle, like you knew somebody or, you know, your mom was George Harrison or something. And uh, you really do have to start off right at the very bottom. You know, she loves me. Maybe you kind of get that through your system and, and then you just grow in confidence until you work your way up. Talk to Squee. Well, I mean, uh, ignoring the um, the other parts of it, like for now, uh, I just want to know about when you say hard graft, is this the euthanism for the murders which you committed to become the fifth Beatle? Oh, yes. Please tell us about the stabby stabby. Oh, well, I mean, there's a, the music business is cutthroat and they don't always explain to you on the first day that that's not meant to be taken literally. So there are mistakes made. Um, you know, but you, know, you, you don't start off murdering Beatles. I mean... You just can't like jump in there. You have to murder a couple of members of the Pretty Things. Um, you take out Tommy James and the Shondells. At least three Shondells, if you're gonna, that will get you up a couple of levels straight away. So you kind of just work your way through the whole '60s enclave, trying to figure out which members aren't particularly memorable. You take them out, and that kind of gets you seen by the overall sort of Beatles enterprise. And then maybe they start to consider you to sort of move up into the, you know, the first couple of dozen beetles where you you know you show up in the background of the side they, they allow you to have the haircut you can have half the suit so you can kind of stand at the side of photographs and then just to show willing and, and look keen you have to be able to play an instrument really well unless you're a drummer in which case you just 
you know, kind of have to shake your head at the right speed. That's really hard, actually. You know, you have to carry a metronome with you at all times just to make sure you kind of got the right wobble. Um, it's deceptively easy. I mean, props to to Ringo because that takes hours of finishing school to get through. But eventually, you know, if you if you're willing to stick at it, like I mean, there were some people that said by like 1978, I should probably pack it in because you know it wasn't really a going concern anywhere. But I knew it's only those that quit that don't succeed. By 1993, I was Nicholas. I was right in there. Um, Ed, sorry, I heard that um, there's going to be a new sequel to Squid Game, which will be Beetle Game. Mm -hmm. um, but I've heard that it's going to be much darker. Can you tell me how it's going to be much darker than Squid Game? Uh, it's well, it's all it's all hidden in the song titles. You know, just like kind of like with Helter Skelter and the whole Manson thing. I mean, it's it's right there. Mean Mr. Mustard is a game where you have to avoid being squirted in the eyes with really hot mustard. Uh, Polythene Pam, where you, you're have plastic bag held over your head and you have to try and sing in three part harmony. Um, it's Let It Be Dead. That's quite obvious one. Uh, the Long and Winding Garrot is a uh, very very tricky to get through um particularly if phil specter gets involved that's always yeah. death on the um so yeah the it's gonna be i think it's gonna be a hit i mean after get back and squid game both being such big things at the same time they're looking for that kind of synergy you know synergy the kind of word that makes you throw up when you hear it sorry ed I, i've heard rumors but not anything confirmed about who the biggest rival you would have in this game yes yeah, kenton elaborate you have the, the biggest rival in, in the in the game yeah. itself or in the art of becoming the fifth beetle and why yeah so no in the game as in getting to the fifth beetle so what <sighs> what's your worry about this person um can you name them well pete best is always looking for a way in you know um and obviously the corpse of Stuart sutcliffe can be a bit of a stiff competition <laughs> stiff competition like it yeah quite literally <laughs> yeah and uh, the, that honking of geese indicates that uh, we are out of time before we um, commit any more potential libel. Um, Kenton, can you confirm that this is absolutely true? Of course it's absolutely true. Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> and at the end of round one, uh, I see that the, the people who are currently winning are the listeners, possibly for the first time. <laughs> so... I've got to say, Ed, look, look all this outrageous uh, truth-telling, of course, like the ironically named game, uh, is just uh, making me want to hear some tunes. So I think we should go over to a couple right now. Here you go. Evenings on SW20 Radio. We're back, Ed. Back to you. That's one of my favourite songs. He said, having no idea what was played. I hated it. Shh, they had no idea. Oh, oh no, this is always completely live. Absolutely. On on the subject of the law, um, Doctor Squee, could you please tell me about the time that you got arrested by a Judge Dread, and could you also tell us why? Yeah, I mean, it was really a huge misunderstanding. I'd found myself in uh, the 
distant future. I was there walking the streets, uh, minding my own business. Uh, I, I saw a homeless gentleman there, so I, I reached in my pocket to, to give him some money. I think it was a, a, a tissue or something. Something fell out of my pocket. Uh, judge Dredd happened to be walking past. Unfortunately, this was the Sylvester Sloan Judge, judge Dredd. He came up to me and goes, oh, I am the law. I no idea what he was saying. I was like, I, I'm sorry, did you want some money? So I, I reached in my pocket. Then he thought I was bribing a police officer. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I no idea. Fortunately, at that moment, um, uh, Rob Schneider came past and uh, started translating for me. But not before he'd gone on a very, very long anti-vax rant against COVID 2023. Oh my god, it was not it was not fun. I tell you, I was there for ages. And, uh, uh, we have an interruption from Kent. The, the timelines are all off on this. This is what making me doubt the whole story is because you you keep talking about the far future. Yeah. When I ha happen to know this all happened in two thousand AD, and then you're talking about COVID twenty twenty three. The yeah. whole thing it's a melange of lies. A melange, I tell you. I, I'm telling you, look, I mean, I just traveled to an alternate timeline, as you do. Like, you see, the dogs are confirming that in the background. I don't know if you can hear that, but they're on, on page with me. Um, do you know dogs bark at serial killers and people who kidnap tooth fairies? That's what dogs bark at. They know evil when they smell it. And Terminators. And Terminators. And Terminators, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Which yeah, may anyway, back up your time travel theory. I'm just saying, I'm there in this alternate reality with the Sylvester Sloan Judge Dredd. Rob Schneider's there. He's gone on his anti-vax rant. Uh, and then then suddenly, um, slight open, like I, I finally understand that he's trying to arrest me. Uh, I, I try and explain that it's all a huge mix-up. Uh, he's having none of it, though. Bungs me into the cop car. There's Sandra Bullock listening to some old advert jingles in the car. I'm like, uh, like, could you speak to him on my behalf? She's just singing along to these tunes. It's all a huge cluster, is all I'm saying. They, yes, exactly, yeah. They take me back to the station house. Uh, oh God, there is an overweight, angry. Um, I heard something about a menage a trois at the station house. Can you elaborate on that? Can you elaborate, please, Ed? Yes, uh, Nicola raises a very interesting question. Tell us about your um, free encounter with the uh, judges of Mega City One. As I say, there was this overweight, angry uh, lady of the night there, and uh, just as you know, one thing leads to another. You know, you're there in the future in an alternate timeline. You think, well, who's going to know? So we're we're just about to uh, go ahead with said Menage uh, with. Uh, the station chief it's all going down i mean you know sylvester sloan judge dread is about to join in then suddenly who bursts through the wall it's only bling, blinking um god i'm gonna forget his name wesley snipes he bursts through the wall bit of dynamite he's there going it's like well i don't like this guy because i'm from the past which he's also from Speaking on behalf of all French-speaking Canadians, you do not know what trois means. That's all I'm saying, because there's about seven people in this menage a trois at the moment. <laughs> and I... Look, I, I just think this is a tissue of lies now. It's moved on from melange. It's a tissue of lies, which is even more fragmentary than a melange. And you don't have... You can't count. You can't keep time. I don't know what's happening anymore. Is this what you were being arrested for? Also, what crime was committed by whom, and that they were being punished by a film that had both Sylvester McCoy... Sylvester McCoy? Bless you, I'm sorry. Uh, Sylvester Stallone. I'd like to welcome you to Outrageous Filibuster with Kenton Hall. Sorry, you were saying Kenton? <laughs> Sylvester Stallone and Rob Schneider are both in this film, so somebody's committed a crime, and that is their punishment. And I want to know who 
was responsible for that happening. I'm very sorry. I was imagining a version of the 1990s Judge Dredd movie featuring Sylvester McCoy. We all were. And I, and I, and I'm, you're welcome. Um, so-called Dr. Squee, um, can you please not only explain what you mean by a menage or value of N, but also um, uh, please explain your tissue of lies? Well, the tissue... Was it to clean up let, let's, after let's the Let's leave the tissue out of this. It's family-friendly radio. Anyway, look, you're in the future... There's loads of bodies about, and you're dyslexic. Sometimes a menage a trois means seven people. That's all I'm saying. It happens. Anyway, Wesley comes in. I'm like that would be dyscalculic. I'll have you know. <laughs> I'm dyscalculic. I don't know the word. <laughs> so anyway, he bursts through the wall. I'm like, excuse me, mate. Come on, look. Is that the way you treat a um, a police station in the future in an alternate timeline when you're indeed from the same time period which uh, which Sylvester Sloan was from and I'm just trying to get you know get the most out of my experience here and this is what you give me and I are we done um, and it's all <laughs> the, 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 the absolute truth the hunting geese have confirmed and the truth has been confirmed and <laughs> we will move on from our assessment of um this well it's not so much a tissue of lies as a uh, as a long uh, complicated quilt but anyway um let's move on to our next contestant which of course is nicola um nicola yes uh, please could you regale us with the time i know you've heard this tale ourselves many times but i would i would love to hear you tell it again because you tell it so well can you tell us the time about how you escaped the haunted house Oh, if you insist. Right. So, basically, a little bit of how we got into the haunted house. Me and Benny, my dog, were chilling out one evening and he said, Mummy, what are we going to do tomorrow night? And I said, we're going to do what we do every night. We'll go to a haunted house. So, we go to the haunted house and we get stuck in the haunted house. And as you say, we've got an escape. So, this haunted house, once you get in it, the doors disappear, the windows disappear every room is just changing around as we're going and literally freaky things are happening because we're not alone in this haunted house we found out there's many other people I, I need to get some kind of framework for what you consider to be freaky things you and your talking hat wearing dog because i it's frankly like it's limitless it's how freaky are we talking about it taking talking dog in top hat as sort of like your baseline. Where's the freakiness quotient that we're talking about here? Okay. Yes. Nicola, so, can you expand further on your Scooby-Doo style shenanigans? Of course I can. So there's obviously typical Scooby-Doo shenanigans. There's people ripping their faces off, thinking there's other faces underneath, but there's not. There's wrapped torsos in cling film crawling along the floor trying to find their heads and their legs so these are the sort of things these are the sort of people that are in this building oh, uh, would you like to just explain the crossover value of the fact that the ripped torso was from your previous misadventure of taking the hearts of the nation yeah so actually the ripped torso come from dotty's extortion racket because someone owed her some money dotty baker they didn't pay up so what we did we chopped him up wrapped him in clean film, and we actually did get rid of him. However, the problem is, in this house, there's someone that collects souls. And what they've done, they've made a basement, 
And in this basement, they've put chambers and they're collecting dead souls. And unfortunately, the dead soul that we killed was put in that chamber, hence how he got in there. So, Dr. Sweet. I mean, and I believe it was uh, quite a tense moment knowing how to deal with this person stealing dead souls when you realised it was our other dog, Willow. Yeah, explain your satanic dogs, please. Yeah, of course. So, obviously, Willow, got Willow. There is a satanic symbol in the middle of this house. And that's come again from Dottie Baker, because as you know, Beret and Pearls Dottie, she's the head of this, all this organisation. She's kind of, I can't remember the lady's name, but like, you know, you met a uh, sort of Colombian drug lady lord, you know, that sort of thing. She's got many, many paws in many pies. And so she has set Willow on this task. So she's going to be the, the extortion rack here. <laughs> organs. Now, this is just the plot of West Side Story. Um <laughs> You, you've, you've got the Dead Souls gang on the one side. You've got the Heart Stealing gang on the other side. There's all that dancing and singing. I mean, admittedly, I may just be hearing and seeing that myself, but that's neither here nor there. There's a talking dog, so all bets are off. So I, I'd be basically just plagiarizing our dear departed Sondheim, who apparently is probably one of these people ripping his face off, thinking there's another face underneath. I mean, these are very disappointed people to find. What what motivated them to think they had another face underneath in the first place? That's what I want to know. Uh, and, and it, sorry, Nicola, can you please explain your uh, satanic sondime um, calamities, please? Before uh, you do, look, I mean, really, it's just a point which we're going to talk about afterwards. You told me that pentagram came with the house. But we'll talk about that later. Sorry, on to Kenton's point. Okay, so we're talking about face ripping off, are we? Well, as you know, there's a, a West Side Story. I've nope, never seen it, can't relate to it at all, sorry. <laughs> I can only assume that they've heard about my adventure and maybe made some theatre production out of it. I, I don't know, I can't judge and I don't want to get into a legal battle with them, but obviously I'll, I'll get my... So you are accusing Puerto Rico of stealing your haunted house idea and your talking dog. We have an what? international incident on the horizon. And and lest we forget the late great Stephen Sondheim, yeah, the late great Stephen Sondheim, to boot. I yes, can't judge. You... I don't know who any of this is. Never heard of any of it. So I'll have to have a look into it with my legal team. Um, so face ripping off. There's a lot of people with two faces. <laughs> and, I and I believe you're represented by your legal team of our guinea pigs, Barry and Mercury. I am. I am indeed. Yet they work for peanuts, quite literally. But I hey, hope I heard you correctly. So. <laughs> you know well we're a satanic satanic cult what can you say so on that note how I i'm gonna out, go with satanists now yeah i oh. can tell you how i got out basically the easiest way to get out is don't be seen get out and in a horror or any haunted house do not say things like i'll be back in a minute so we stay away from that you don't have the SEX word, seeing as we're not allowed that. That always causes people to die. And as soon as you go for drinks or drugs, you're dying as well. So avoid those three things and you'll get out of your haunted house. My tip. And that was all true. Tip. We did that only, do you know what? It wasn't very many weeks ago. It's all true. Fantastic. And of course, we have heard this story many times before. None of us were allowed Especially to when it was West Side Story. Yes. Kenton. I seem to be saying Kenton a lot. I don't know why. Um, Kenton, remind us of the time that you got the job as one of the Ravens in the Tower of London. Well, see, that segues really nicely because that actually is the source material for West Side Story because it's basically it's an immigrant story. 
I mean, it's not usual for someone born in the colonies, such as myself, to become a raven um, at the Tower of London. There were some questions asked in Parliament, um, which is a pub in Westminster, and most of the people that were asking it were drunk, and I'm not exactly sure why they were going on about ravens. But I wanted to be a raven from a very small child because I just thought you've got black is slimming, um, you've got the power of flight. Yeah, you've sort of obviously, you know, the 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 birds in this country you do have a certain amount of respect. You kind of tread that line between cool outsider and establishment uh, inside, and you know, so it's it's kind of a perfect positioning if. Um, like myself, you are a megalomaniac who's intending to take over the world by disguising themselves as a well-known bird. Now, obviously, you don't put that on the application because you've only got that little box and you can't get all of that in. You just have to say, look, I, I'm, I'm a British citizen. Oh, I'm entitled. Oh, I, oh, we, we, we buzzed in at the same time. I'll, I'll defer to Nicola. Sorry, um, Ed, um, can Kenton explain more about what he did or would put on a CV to get the job as a raven, please? Please. Oh, I, absolutely. Um, I mean, there's a certain amount of finessing with any CV, but the important things is um, words per minute. How many words per minute can you squawk? Wingspan. I mean, you know, I'm a guy. <laughs> Always, you know, you add a little bit on just to get them interested. You need to be able to work in part of a team. You need to have some seed money, obviously, going into that industry. Dr. Sweet. And I believe as a method actor, which we all know you are, Kenton, uh, you did actually manage to lay an egg. Um, yes, several times early on in my career. Um, but, you know, eventually I got better. Let's see, what else was there? There was, you kind of, ha you have to take a series of IQ tests um they're quite quite simple basic questions like are you a raven and if you say no then that's it you're done then you're shown pictures of other birds which i i think this is kind of like a little bit sketchy because i think it goes back to so times when sort of relationships interspecies relationships were less discouraged so like if you get a bit too excited at a picture of a seagull then then you have to speak to someone in the chancery office it's a whole thing but mostly it's the same things on CVs. They don't want to see any gaps in, in, in your work history. So like if you were working as a raven at uh, Disneyland in 1993, but then you don't show up as a raven again until 1999 at Universal Studios, then they want to want to know what you've done in that mean bit. And because you were actually sort of drunk. Dr. Squee. And uh, Ed, I was just wondering if Kenton was going to include in this retelling about how one of the ravens he was working alongside had been in the birds and was quite frankly a little bit up himself. Sorry. That was a medical condition. I don't really want to go into the poor soul's sort of troubles. I mean, he worked really hard. It, the fact that he was inside out was really neither here nor there. Sorry, I just want to ask Ed. Um, Kenton said that uh, obviously there's a time period where you you know he might have done a job and then he's had some years off. Uh, I was told that there was an incident that you had where you were banned from many aviaries across the world, and I just wondered if you could expand on what happened. I believe you're not allowed in so many feet of these birds. Well, that's a misunderstanding. It was in fact I was not allowed within 500 yards of anyone named Avery, um, and that was just because I got in a really bad habit of saying rude things about the type of person who would name their kid Avery. There were some fairly incendiary tweets, which again in the bird world does not go down well. So I, I think that's been misreported um, by people who can't spell. 
And as the, the honking of geese arrive to uh, disagree with Kenton, can you confirm the, uh, the the facts of the story? Absolutely true. 100% true. I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's true. I did wonder why you were banned from the set of Deep Space Nine, but... Um... But I'll brook no argument on the subject. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness me. And we are now in... Um, we are now at round two, and... And the currently uh, at the the top of the it's actually neck and neck between uh, all three contestants, and for some reason that would be neck, neck and neck and neck surely neck and neck and neck indeed actually why... uh, due to me putting on some that's what twa is <laughs> due, to me, due to me putting on some weight during lockdown there's a few more necks involved but but we won't yeah. go into that I'm gonna hold mine up with my stick. <laughs> <laughs> This is why I have a concealing beard. Yeah, I might grow one too. Sounds like a plan. I recommend it. Mm. <laughs> uh, as we head to the third and hopefully final round, <laughs> um, we are neck and neck and neck, which is why we've drawn the attention of the Giraffe Council of Great Britain, uh, which strangely is not represented by giraffes, but there we go. Um, so, sorry, Ed, did you say you want to hear a couple more tunes before we continue? I think we should. I think we should listen to some more tunes. I That's hate all really music. Bringing you the music you want to hear. SW20 Radio. And I uh, hope you enjoyed those uh, those bangers of tunes which we've heard throughout the year on the Dr. Scree show. Back to you, Ed. I, I particularly like that song that did that thing. I lost my virginity to half of both of those songs. Ah, the remix. I think it was the you didn't play the Sound of Silence? <laughs> Don't make me uh, sing. On that extremely tasteful note. Dr. Squeak, can you tell us about the time that you got fired as the TARDIS cleaner? I, you say the time. Um, I've actually worked for most of the doctors as a cleaner. And each time, unfortunately, it, it has ended in what I feel has been rather unfair dismissal. So first of all, I'm there on Gallifrey. I'm, I'm cleaning this TARDIS, um, as, as was my job. Suddenly, this old man and his granddaughter turns up he says granddaughter but i think she was his nurse i think that you know she was just trying to humor him uh but i'm in the tardis giving a nice clean they rush into the console room suddenly we're going back in time to to the caveman oh he was a grotchety old thing back then as well i tell you so he kicks me out of the tardis i mean kenton two things he did not go back straight back to the caveman you've got the plot of an unearthly child completely backwards he was in london 1963 but was it not true Ed, uh, if you could if you could get dr squee to clear this up was it not true that the official reason why you were dismissed from being the tardis cleaner is you were accused of constantly being bigger on the inside oh yes tell us about your expanse dr squee firstly this adventure was pre-unearthly child 
And uh, secondly, well, look, I didn't like to boast, but uh, let's just say me and his nurse. Anyway, look, he kicked me off the TARDIS. Let's just not dwell on that. I, I got kicked off the TARDIS. Uh, and then, funnily enough, I get kicked off the TARDIS. Who turns up? But it's uh, the second Doctor in his TARDIS. And uh, we're actually having a really great time, me and him. He really likes my job as a cleaner. I didn't bring up the fact that if he got a Type 41 TARDIS, that it was self-cleaning, but like, let's not go into that. But the problem was with me and Jamie, his assistant. Now, uh, for those who don't know, Jamie being a Scot, he wore a kilt. And um, let's just say that uh, Sharon Stone isn't the only one to cross and uncross her legs uh, while she's wearing a skirt. And uh, to be honest with you, I felt it was sexual harassment. He blamed it on me. Uh, the doctor, of course... I heard in the court reports, sorry, Ed, um, I heard in the court reports that uh, you took your cleaning a little bit too far. And when the kilt opened, uh, that was when you started your cleaning role. Oh, oh yes. Please tell us about your bagpipe cleaning. You, look, there was a little bit of space dust on the floor. I slipped. It was a complete misunderstanding. Anyway, look, um, I didn't work with the third doctor. Uh, he was stuck on earth I, I couldn't be dealing with that shenanigans the fourth doctor apparently i do work with but not yet the fifth doctor now all i'm saying is he may enjoy eating celery but it does not agree with him i was not sticking around that literally toxic work environment um actually funnily enough that the, the way things end up parting with us was he was dropping one of his companions tegan off uh, at heathrow airport I stopped by duty-free. I might have done a little bit of sampling and uh, may have missed the TARDIS back. Anyway, next up uh, was the sixth doctor. Kenton, are you claiming to have started the practice of sampling in 1983 before Grandmaster Flash? Well, I mean, you say before Grandmaster Flash. Uh, of course, we were traveling through time and space. Me and uh, GMF, as, as he always insists I call them, we collaborated, all right? We work together on this kind of thing. But, um, yes, let's end on another white man claiming the beginnings of rap. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I can, <laughs> actually, I'm not sure I want to own this one. Okay, yeah, everything I just said was completely true, and I work with a load of other doctors too. And uh, on, on that note of those vaguely Back to the Future style shenanigans, um, let's move on to the next exploration of our adventures nicola please can you tell us m more about your heist involving the ravens in the tower of london yes of course so one evening me and benny are chilling out on our satanic circle i'm sensing a theme here <laughs> we're chilling out with us on our satanic circle top hats on capes on and he says to me what are we gonna do in the early hours of tomorrow morning and i said well We'll do the same thing as we do all the time in the early hours of the morning. We're going to do a heist. Anyway, Tower of London, great. We're going to go for the crown jewels. That's what we're going to go for. And we've got an in because we know a person that's just joined as a new raven. And we're going to go and get to this raven. We're going to get in. I know all the secrets of this raven, what he's been doing, all the... Yep. Dr. Squee. I mean, you say he, but apparently it was actually Jan Raven, ironically. Uh, tell us about... I just want to know about how she got involved with this. Well, yep. So she just cut. Yep, she was there as well. I hear that they're short on actual ravens, the birds, so they're taking on raven people. So what? 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 Not best than Jam Raven, who I hope is a newsreader because <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, anyway. that's so Raven. 
<laughs> yep, and and she's yep. That's a raven. She is also a bird. I hear they are employing all over now. They can't get their own ravens anymore, so they have to employ from out everywhere. So we've gotten in with this raven. We know all about this raven and what he's been doing and making false statements on his CV about all the places he's worked and all this. So, yep, we're going to heist and we're going to go for a heist to steal the crown jewels and all the ravens as well because we're going to have everything. We're going to have the hearts, the ravens, the crown jewels, everything. So we're going to go in, me and Benny, and we're going to take everything. We're going to have the lot. And now I've got to continue this story that feels like it's finished, but it hasn't. Hold fire. Oh, no, go on. Dr. Squee. Well, I was just um, going to... I was hoping you were going to go onto the phone call. Ed, I was hoping she was going to go onto the phone call, which um, Dottie Baker made at that time with new instructions to add to the heist. Oh, yes. Please tell us about the, the bizarre complications created by Dottie Baker into your, your Raven heist. Yes. So Dottie Baker has got a thing about corgis. So whilst we're going there, we're on our way. We're nearly up the Tower of London, making our way up, going past all the little rooms. Clinton. Yep. How, how does she even move little metal cars with her paws? How does she move what? She, she was into corgis. Yeah, well. <laughs> she's. I'm not curious because you got a talking dog and now you got one that clearly has opposable thumbs. So, and she's um... got those opposable thumbs in Brazil. And she doesn't <laughs> like to talk about the doctor that did that. Because he isn't quite a reputable doctor, but he's done the poseable thumbs. He's now no longer with us because once they did the surgery, that was it. A bit like face off. We burnt everything down so that nobody could ever do anything else and do this surgery again. So that's exactly how she got her poseable thumbs to play with the corgis. On another note, she loves corgis on corgis. So she likes to put the metal corgis on corgi dogs. No, we have to go and get the corgi dogs. I, I, I would be interested in how you first discovered this extremely niche pornography, corgis on corgis. Well, we were out one day at the park and a little boy had accidentally dropped his corgi on top of a corgi. And she was like, oh, wow. And she got so excited that her little poseable thumbs were going and they'd been newly operated on. So she was even in bandages moving her little poseable thumbs. And that was how we discovered it. And guess what? <laughs> That's absolutely true. Surely there's some kind of government agency we need to report all of this to. I, I'm just going to say, for all our listeners on the radio, of course, niche pornography was the band which they listened to in the car on the way to the operation. Absolutely. It's a perfectly cromulent English word. I, I have no comment, though, though I do have posters. Moving on. Kenton. Ed. Remind me. That time that you were the world's best and only professional duck juggler. Okay. Can can I just confirm duck juggler? Duck juggler, yes. Thank you to, to everyone listening from Practice and Standards from the radio. Uh, indeed, uh, autocorrect, uh, it's always duck. Thank you very much. Which is weird because what you were trying to type was anti-disestablishmentarianism. So you really want to get your phone looked at. Anyway, oh, I don't know why you want to bring up such a painful subject as my brief career in mallard juggling. Um, so, yeah, I've made that clean for you there, Squee. Um, so, me and my talking antelope, Benny, 
were sitting on a satanic circle. He said to me, Mummy, I said, don't call me that. <laughs> Our career in, yes? Dr. Squee, please. No, I, I just think he cut that sentence short. Don't call me that in public, I believe was the full <laughs> sentence. <laughs> I, just, I, I just think it's rude to his actual mother, who is um, a hippopotamus currently in rehab and witness protection at the same time, which is a very difficult lifestyle choice to make. But anyway, the, the writing career was stalling at that point. Um, I don't know why I thought I could write while driving. It was a foolish idea, and I, and I soon regretted it. But we had to come up with something to do. You know, I have two small children, two medium children, two tall children, and we would swap them out at different times to confuse people. Um, and I needed to come up with something to, to bring home the bacon, because otherwise you're just lugging great lumps of bacon around. So I thought the easiest thing to do was to move something in the street performance arena. I'm not sure if it technically counts as street performance if it's an arena, but, you know, I, I hadn't really looked at the paperwork too closely. But what we did have in the, the, the back of the house was a pond that had been accidentally created when I'd let a bath overflow for three and a half years. And lots of watery fowl. Well, they were watery, yeah, but, you know, sometimes fowl. It depends how long we left them out there. But I had a purely, I had, I had, I had a lot of ducks to choose from. And... Originally, I was just going to do general duck carriage, just carry them back and forth. Because people like ducks, they're cute. They like to see humans with ducks, that's cute. So I thought if I kept the whole thing moving, it would take on some kind of entertainment value of its own. But they're really slippery little devils. And, you know, eventually they're just jumping. And I, and I realized that despite having no coordination to speak of, the ducks were helping out with the juggling because they were making their way back to my hands all the time. Possibly because I had coated them in the bacon. Dr. Squee. Before you had the bacon-coated ducks, I believe mm. there were some other animals you tried which were less successful. Um, I did try turkey-basted ocelots for a while, but they, they were hell on the shoulders. Um, there was a really, really brief experiment with um, licorice-infused otters that didn't go anywhere good. Dr. Squee? Uh, the turkey-basted ocelots, I believe, did play at uh, the Southampton Guildhall the other week, and they smashed it, by the way. Yeah, they really shouldn't have done that. The insurance won't cover it. <laughs> and, and as various geese arrive to, um, to, to end this final round, I can let me just do the calculations. Let me uh, just... Uh, Dial into Wolfram Alpha there, and I use a state-of-the-art scientific notation. And uh, it's Kenton. It's quite clearly Kenton. Congratulations. Uh, you win the adoration well of done. everyone who is in this room right now and of the internet. Indeed, you win one internet. One internet. Good. Congratulations, Kenton, of course. Well, I was telling the truth. So. Sorry? I was telling the truth, so it's really not. Not, nothing I did. You know, it's just a wonderful life I've lived. There you go. Um, it, oh, sorry, just to say as well, I know everybody at home can't see this, but just so you've got a visual, this is Benny. This is this is my partner in crime to the guys. That saying it's there. Benny when they can't see it is not helping anybody. <laughs> yeah, and he's not I saying said, anything I now, said is everybody he? can't see it, yeah. but this is Benny. He's not wearing his top hat, so you might not have recognized him. I just As this is radio, him. Benny has joined the chat. Benny is wearing the top hat. Uh, Benny is whispering satanic curses under his breath. But it's, he's doing it with a smile on his face, which is kind of making it creepier. 
And yeah. you can also tell the real Benny because as soon as the microphone's on, he's dumb. He doesn't say anything into yeah. the mics. It's well, he's got glowing good eyes. It's the yeah. glowing eyes and the levitation. That's yeah. That's he uh, take those out of his mouth. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, Abdo, before we wrap things up, I was just because uh, with editing, this is going to fall a bit short. I was just wondering how brave you're feeling tonight. If you fancy uh, taking light, uh, I, I sorry, a true tale of something you've uh, you've done yourself. Oh goodness me! No, the reason, the entire reason that I have uh, been cursed to always host this show. Um, of course, is because I insulted the Queen of Stories myself. Um, it's, a, it's a long and tedious tale, one that I tell many, many times, mostly to bore uh, tax collectors to tears, so I can, uh, so I can steal their livers and their hearts, and then sell them on the black market in order to ironically pay my taxes. Um, but yes, uh, obviously, I, I used that with uh, the help of an antelope, a dog, and a mysterious glove puppet, all of which are called Benny, which is kind of confusing. But um, yeah, no one wants to hear that story. We, it's, it's, it's a tale as old as time and one that's told every Christmas alongside that 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 tale about that guy in that manger. So, so no <laughs> well, so no well, I, what I'm I interested in. Time the I, seasoning, not the concept. <laughs> What, I, what I'm interested in is how you came to be called Kenton. It's an unusual name. It is an unusual name, Kenton, yes. Um, and I have no idea how I ended up being called Kenton, especially as I'm pretty sure I'm not. <laughs> That's how I feel all the time. Well, I mean, I've known Kenton for a while. His, his many personalities do sometimes make an appearance on these calls. <laughs> yeah, uh, except, except tonight when I came with no personality whatsoever. Oh. In some circumstances, there's times when Ian calls me Kenton. Uh, uh, yes, well, well, we've all experienced that. Specifically, Kenton is a very lucky man. Other than me. <laughs> I love you really, Kenton. I'm seldom Kenton. called Kenton in intimate circumstances. It's usually, hey, you, why? Uh, what did I drink? <laughs> what are you doing in my house? Well, guys, I just thought um, we'll just uh, have a quick minute just for everyone to say goodbye and uh, plug anything that they might have uh, coming up or that they want to plug. Nicola, have you got anything you want to plug? Oh, well, that's another question, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, moving on from Nicola because she can't be trusted with that question. Uh, Ed, anything coming up in Starburst you want to? Um, so, a handful of things. Firstly, I do another podcast. Uh, I don't know if this is a radio show, but I do a podcast called uh i do two actually i do one called brave new words which is coming back in 2022 um the the award losing brave new words which is a book show where i try and review books and everyone else tries to stop me uh which is entirely fair and i am also regular with a show called force majeure which is a star wars actual play role play podcast yes i'm that much of a geek that's um, wonderful and we had this year coming we have a bunch of special guest one shots as well for the the star wars game where I do some non-Star Wars, but 1970s-style horror sci-fi. Um, it, it goes it goes off the rails very, very quickly. 
uh, and we have guests such as Liz Miles and Adrian Tchaikovsky, which is lovely. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, Starburst Magazine is now quarterly uh, and is huge. There's a massive tool that comes out quarterly these days because it turns out that what people really, really want from their magazines in uh, these current climate is something very, very large that they can easily read on the toilet. So, yes, that's me. Because the uh, Bible Ken gets old after a while. It does, it does. And has less pictures of monsters. Yeah, I mean, look, after 2,000 years, let's see how, how old you're looking. Go on, Kenton. Uh, what do you got to plug? Right. Well, as you mentioned, my debut feature as a writer-director a dozen summers has found its way to Netflix, and I am reasonably assured by the distributors they will eventually pay me for it, which will be great, because one day it'll make its money back. What else have I been doing? I've just about finished adapting the... Um, the children's novel series Agaton Sachs in a new English edition, which will be announced and released later. Yeah, that's 11 books, including one of the Swedish originals that's never been published in English before. So I've been writing new versions of those. Um, I have my first graphic novel work in a, a volume called Perfect coming out. Well, it's just come out now. I've just recently co-written um, an Audible 10-part drama series called Getting Better, which is about the birth of the NHS, starring Rod Gilbert um, and Catherine Drysdale and Mark Gatiss. Wow. And Colin made his way into that as well. And I have a Sherlock Holmes volume coming out early next year. And my new album, uh, Idiopath, will be coming out on triple vinyl somewhere around February. So you're not really up to much then? Is that what you're saying? I don't really sleep, and I have no <laughs> life to speak of, so um, I try to stay busy. Also, as any freelancer knows, you have to do 1,000 things in order to be able to eat. So, uh, sleep, yeah, is, well, sleep is entirely optional as a general rule, yes. uh, and tends to be done on the weekends when you don't have any calls or deadlines. Yes. Mm. And when's the, um, the uh, mega-casted uh, NHS uh, thing coming out? That is out now. Um, it's on Audible. If you have an Audible member, it's it's included with the Audible membership. So it's uh, it's ten episodes, um, which I lucky to co-write with a wonderful writer called Paul Birch, um, um, and it's got an all-star cast. Um, like I said, Mark Gatiss, Catherine Drysdale, and Rod Gilbert as Di Bevan, who is wonderful mm -hmm. in it. Uh, Colin Baker, Terry Malloy. Um, this. My, the 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 publishers I work with, uh, we have a, a a love of Doctor Who in common, and so we tend to cast excellent actors from the mm. past as well. But yes, that's called Getting Better: The Fight for the NHS, and it tells the story of uh, Nye Bevan's um, work on getting the NHS launched alongside a fictional story about a uh, female doctor on the front lines of a Manchester hospital during the same period. Obviously, as a Doctor Who fan, I know a female Doctor would never work. No, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, everyone. Please, will, please don't. I will in. come through this screen at you. You don't be coming from a Jody. I was about to say that I will cut you, but apparently I don't need to. It's fun. Um, yeah. And I mean that, of course, as someone who also audits, uh, who also audits, who also edits audio, or audits audio, depending yeah. on. <laughs> well, you know, his books are a state. Frankly, so. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I would like to thank my guests this week, the Festive Liars. Thank you to my dear lady Nicola. Thank you. Thank you to my dear man uh, Kenton. Thank you. So I was just waiting to see which one you meant. Oh, crying out loud. <laughs> I mean, I'm also confused at this point. This joke my... will just keep going. 
Well, my wife just texted me and said, Kenton, do we need more toilet paper? And I'm very, <laughs> do we? I've told her she has to be more careful. See, I knew I'd get a free wife. <laughs> yeah. And of course, got my card stamped. Uh, stub burst writer, Mr. Ed Fortune, did our you, host tonight. Did you need time to remember his name in that lead up? No. Is that what you needed? Ed, just say thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for listening and thank you very much for having me on this show. Get it's your booster. Great. Be safe, everybody. Yeah, love you guys. Uh, thank yeah. you very much. And uh, now we're going to hear a couple more tunes uh, before I go back and perhaps do some wrap up to the show. I hey, despise guys. sound. And that last track you heard there was Frontier Psychiatrist by the Avalanches. And that one goes out to my lady, to my woman, to Nicola Gosling, who has uh, helped me not only on the mic, but behind the mic with the show all year. I'd like to thank you all for listening uh, to this last year of the Dr. Squeeze show. We've gone uh, from the Bear.Live, which was our previous home, which unfortunately uh, no longer broadcasts, to the mighty SW20, the new sound of South Wales, and we couldn't be prouder to have made our new home here. I'd like to thank everyone at SW20 for making us welcome, especially uh, to my friend Matt Leeds, without whom I wouldn't know about the station, uh, to RT, who's allowed me on a few times, um, Amy C has been so lovely, Bluesy Susie we've had on, and everyone, uh, the Jones boys, of course, who... You know, are the ones who called SW20 into existence just a couple of years ago. It's been an amazing ride and I've had an amazing year. And it's thanks to you guys uh, for supporting the show. Thank you very much to, to my boy, Carl Greenhalf, who has done the social media for the Dr. Squeeze show since we've come over to SW20. And it's just been an amazing time. I hope you've had a great year. I hope your 2022 is even better. I know a lot of us have faced challenges this year. It seems another one of these years where this year has been at least three years uh, just rolled into one, if not more, with everything that's happened. We've still got the specter of COVID over us. Uh, we're fighting the Omicron wave as we speak. Hopefully 2022 is just going to be filled with good news, with laughter, with friends and with good times. Um, but I'd like to thank you for making this year as good as it could be under some trying circumstances. Now, in a minute, uh, we're going to have like the little instinct to the show and then we're going to play a little outcut from our uh, from our festive liars, uh, which, of course, were the wonderful Ed Fortune to my lady Nicola and Kenton Hall. And we're going to play a little outcut, which we had when the dog started barking. We were just chatting um, and it seemed quite fun. So I thought I'd include that at the end. And of course, speaking of the uh, outrageous lies or the festive lies on this occasion, uh, for anyone who was wondering, uh, we recorded that a few weeks ago. And so I'd like to apologize for the references to Desmond Tutu. I think we were very respectful and it was just kind of really just some silly jokes but uh we do understand he's passed away since we recorded that so uh our love goes out to his friends and family around the world and to all the great work he did um all jokes meant in good humor of course
But for now, I've been Dr. Squee. For 2021, that was my show. And in a world where you can still be absolutely anything, please be kind. I'm not trying to win. I'm not doing this because I want to beat someone, or because I hate someone, or because, because I want to blame someone. It's not because it's fun. God knows it's not because it's easy. It's not even because it works, because it hardly ever does. I do what I do because it's right, because it's decent, and above all, it's kind. It's just that, just kind. Hey, you know, maybe there's no point in any of this at all, but it's the best I can do. Why not? Just at the end, just be kind. Can you remind us? We've, I mean, we've all heard the story before, but obviously we have new people listening, and we would love to hear the tale of the time. Sorry, we're going to have to pause for a second, mate. Sorry, that's just nuts. All right. Could you just. Yeah. How are we doing for time? Sorry? How are we doing for time? Oh, don't ask him. Have you got a hot out time? No, no, not at all. I'm just trying to record for an hour, so if we, yeah. Once yeah. I put in tunes and stuff, it's two-hour show. That'll be basically, uh, basically most of the show done. Cool. We've uh, broken for uh, my my normal tabletop games that I do online have all broken for Christmas. So, um, cool. Uh, thank you very much for making time tonight, guys. I do appreciate it. It's cool. Apparently the dogs don't, but I do. I just sit here telling stories at the computer anyway. It just happened to be you logged in. Yeah. <laughs> just turns out there's people here tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, yeah, it's always was... so, Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it was actually after we did a couple of years ago the um, uh, Gallifrey Stands Doctor Who Top Trump thing that I, I, I knew I had to get you on, on one of these eventually, Kenton. Which, which Kenton are you speaking to? Yeah, the, the actual thing. <laughs> yeah. Right, all right. Jeez, you just get a fella's name wrong a dozen times and suddenly it's a thing. No, I, I, I like a running joke. <laughs> yeah, it'd be wonderful if it was purposeful. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to be honest, right now it's the only running I get to do. So. <laughs> exactly. <it's... laughs> oh, yeah. But before, you and I were just running the track all the time, weren't we, Ed? Really? I mean, I got out of the house. Um I think if we start claiming that we might break the format. That's all I'm saying. It just might be a little too far. So yeah, this is the this has been the downside to the to the growth of nerd culture is because all of those of us who used to stay trim by running away from people um, now feel much more confident in ourselves and in our pursuits, and therefore are much more sedentary because there's no longer anyone trying to shove us into various orifices and lockers and or lockers. I was going to say the lock, the lockers were the bad part. The orifices, there were yeah. some fun times, you know, to be had. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, yes. 
Sorry. I'm, I'm really easily That's where the day is. <laughs> I'm really easily distracted today. I'm very kind of like... But This is just what I'm normally like. <laughs> yeah. yeah you should have known me before medication. Oh, my. This show would have been twice as long, and some of it would have been in Spanish, and I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> Tonight's Dog the Squee Show brought to you by meth. <laughs> <laughs> No, my brain makes its own meth. That's the best part. Go. Cool. And I think we're nearly there with the dogs. Cool. Oh, oh, sorry, it's been quite a long day. We've, we've just got um, some CBD oil to calm what I down in the evening, so we're actually resorting to getting her stoned now. What, the dogs? Yeah, and they recommend it for, like, if they have trouble settling down in the evening, just a drop of CBD oil. Who are they in this equation? I mean, there, there's the internet. Your dealer? <laughs> this guy I walk past on the street. <laughs> you know I what them I dogs think... need? I think the dogs are recommending it. I think if, it's not actually a vet. It's just like two two Labradors in a lab coat. Well, one of they, they think at least one of them can talk, and they're all wearing hats, so I'm not convinced the entire household is in somewhat intoxicated. Was now, it was, was this vet who provided that you got your dog stoned? Like, how, did they have very floppy ears? Were they blonde? Shiny I mean, now, now you say it, the lab coat was a clue. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Oh. Should have seen it. Should have seen it. Let's <sighs> take it from handing uh, over to Nicola. Was this perhaps the type of vet that also services injured mob informants? Injured what? Mob. Informant. Oh, pronunciation. <laughs> That's why I have the clear. pop shield on my microphone, so I can say mob. I, look, I, I'm not going to say I wasn't surprised that surprised that homeless Bob was now a vet, but I believe him. And anyway, shall we, shall we carry I mean, he can't be a vet. There's a lot of homeless vets. <laughs> not that kind of vet. <laughs> that was better than lab coat, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Only I mean, that's just. Not, that's not saying a high bar for yourself, you, but at least it had a certain non sequitur quality to it. <laughs> My goodness, he said. Are we really rating who's bullshit better? I don't think it's. It's I a race to the bottom at best. I mean, it's entirely. My entire career is built on proving my bullshit better. Uh, <laughs> my my most of my career has been been based on calling on bullshit. And then adding my own bullshit to stuff that I'm allowed to. It's like quite right it's, it's drawing the line between complete and utter and just like middle of the rail. Basically, I'm a I'm a bollocks assessor, which is <laughs> well. There you go. Get yourself homeless. A Bob some does some of that as well. Yes, I hear he's very reasonable. He's very gentle. <laughs> Moving on. Shall we get back onto the actual? <laughs> yes, let's. Okay. And now with a special tune, here's Kenton Hall in America. <laughs> My musical career isn't built around playing Christmas tunes on the harmonica. Okay, just play whatever you like. Here's the player sound with Kenton. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen, except everybody that I told repeatedly.
Ah, that famous Christmas tune. 